Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Two o'clock in the Delaware Valley. Welcome back. John Johnson with you. We've been talking heavy Eagles thus far, but now we're going to take a quick turn and focus on NBA 76ers, where we're at, some news that has come out this week surrounding the 76ers and the NBA, as well as an event which might take place tonight. And nice enough to join us on the line, covers the Philadelphia 76ers for NBC uh, NBC Sports Philly. And he's also the co-host of the Sixers Talk podcast for NBC Sports. His name is Paul Hudrick. What's up, Paul? Hey, John. How are you? I'm all right. Used to seeing you and everybody else. Uh, Boy, more than I see my family this time of the year. And lo and behold, I haven't seen you in over a month now. Yeah, and that's, you know, you know, I hear the music because I think it's the first time I've heard the song since the the day that we stopped playing basketball games. I'm pretty sure it's the last time I heard the uh, Here Come the Sixer song. And then I was just thinking the other night when uh, we had uh, game five of the, the Heat Sixer series, uh, the Mill game. And just hearing Rob Brooks do the national anthem, I was like, oh, man, I really miss this. And, it's, you know what I mean, with everything going on, it's the first time I actually thought to myself, like, man, I just really miss being in that building and feeling that energy and being around everybody. So, yeah, it's 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 been tough, man. But that's just hearing that song just triggered something in me. Yeah, and we're going to get into all things Sixers in just a moment. We are going to discuss a colleague of ours who did something criminal uh, yesterday and posted it <laughs> on social media. We'll, we'll discuss that. Monster. Oh, he is a monster. We're going to talk about this shortly. But, um, uh, well, first of all, I, can you take us through a day uh, with Paul Hudrick in quarantine? What – I, I, I imagine. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. What are you doing every day to keep yourself <laughs> occupied? Well, so I mean, we've still been trying. We've been trying to just crank out the content as far as writing articles, doing podcasts, uh, because you know, for everyone, sports is an escape, right? It, it's something we do to to kind of get away from from you know the bigger things and more serious things in life, and nothing more serious than what we're going through. And we don't have the sports right now to to kind of distract us. So. You know, if I can write an article or we can do a podcast, um, we just did one with Coach Lynham not that long ago. We did one with Mark Jackson. And they're just telling us, like, these old stories about, like, you know, Coach told us all this great stuff about, you know, Dr. J and Moses Malone and all these phenomenal stories. So I think any time that we can provide that little bit of a distraction for people, I think that's great. 
and let's be real, it's a distraction for me as well to not have to think about the fact that I'm sitting at home and can't really leave my house other than to get groceries. So to be able to put myself in the, in these, uh, you know, other moments and other, and remembering all these good times, it, it helps me in my mental space. So that's really all I've been doing is, you know, my dog has never been happier. Uh, he's getting attention 24 hours a day. So he's thrilled. Um, my girlfriend, unfortunately is still going to work every day. So that's, it's been tough, but you know, we're, we're two of the lucky ones cause we do still have jobs and we are both healthy and our families are healthy. But yeah, that's, that's been my life, man. Waking up, uh, walking the dog, writing throughout the day, doing some podcasts. Uh, I've been the one cooking dinner every night and I've been the one doing the stuff around the house. So it's been a little bit different for me cause I'm just not that uh, domesticated, but <laughs> you know, you gotta learn how to, you gotta learn how at some point, I guess there's no better time than now. That's a good way to put it. Domesticated. All right, let's get into a little <laughs> 76ers, uh, kind of the news of the week concerning the Sixers has to do with a potential loss in the front office. Potential. As uh, reports are, uh, the as the Chicago Bulls are in search of a new general manager, that Mark Eversley uh, is one of the potential candidates who will be interviewed. Uh, you know, should that happen, what kind of loss is that for the Sixers in terms of, you know, uh, the front office and what it means to Elton Brand? It's hard to gauge because uh, I do know that Eversley has a really good track record as far as I know when he got hired by Brian Colantolo, uh that was, uh, you know, people told me that that was a, a heck of a uh, get for him, for Brian Colangelo to get a guy like Eversley on his staff who had spent, you know, a decade with Nike as a player development manager or something like he developed, you know, he basically he got players and, you know, to, to come on board with Nike and, and kind of manage their, their careers with Nike. And then he goes with Colangelo and has a really good fit. I mean, you know, say what you want about Brian Colangelo. It, it, let's, let's be really honest. It did not go well here. It actually went pretty catastrophically terrible here. When he was in Phoenix and when he was in Toronto, he did some good things. And Eversley was one of the guys that was with him in Toronto. So as far as what it will mean for Elton Brand, I mean, it, it, if, if Eversley does take the job, obviously it's another role he's going to have to fill. Uh, is that something they do internally? Is that a guy that go outside the organization for? I'm not sure. But, you know, I'm sure Eversley has been here since 2016. So he's had his fingerprints on, I'm sure, a lot of the moves that the Sixers have done for better or worse. So it's hard for me to gauge how big of a loss it would be, but it's clear that he has had a large role in, in everything the Sixers have done since 2016. Well, uh, you know, speaking as we continue to talk Sixers, it's now April the 12th. The 15th and just three days' time uh, would have been the Sixers' final regular season game, and obviously the playoffs would start a few days afterwards. As we sit here now approaching mid-April uh, with so much uncertainty, and, you know, none of us are health experts. We listen to the health experts, and we try to, you know, take a, an, an educated guess on what, you know, what could happen you know, Paul, what does your gut tell you about how this season might play out? Do you think we will see a finality and crowning of a champion, or do you think, you know, we've watched our last Sixers game of the year? I really hope so. I mean, I really hope that there is more basketball, and I really hope that we have that opportunity. As you said, John, I'm, I'm in the same boat as everyone else, man. I'm just trying to listen to all the people that are much smarter than me, that have degrees and educations and these types of things, and that are going to tell us when and what is the right thing to do. Uh, obviously, there's some reason for optimism here and there. And, you know, the bubble city idea in Las Vegas was one of the things that came out. Obviously, that's going to run into a laundry list of issues, too. And there's going to be questions about 
how much they can keep that bubble contained and how, how you know, and that's going to also revolve around how quickly they can test players, how quickly they can test personnel and people that are working in these hotels and working in these arenas. Obviously, Vegas has that infrastructure with the summer league, you know, already having the courts and all that, and they obviously have the space to, uh, you know, to accommodate all these NBA teams. So I, I, I really, I, I'm in the same boat as everyone else. I really have no gut feel at all. I just, all I can say is I really hope so, because it would just be, uh, you know, putting aside the obvious of the seriousness of the situation, it would just be such a shame to play this many basketball games and not be able to crown a champion. And, you know, it's, as it relates to the Sixers, we, we were told all season long, John, this team is built for the playoffs. Right. Well, if there is no playoffs, then, uh, you know what I mean, we're, we're never really going to get – that's never going to get put to the test. Yeah. So, you know, from that standpoint, I really hope we do see playoff basketball. Paul Hudrick, who covers the Sixers for NBC Sports Philly, nice enough to join us this afternoon. So, uh, Paul, hypothetically, should they not be able to resume basketball and, and eventually they have to call it a season and just hope that next year isn't affected in any way – uh, the uh, looming question every fan is going to want to know the answers to uh, has to do starting with the head coach and what his future is. We, the court of public opinion, you get you receive a lot of social media tweets, uh, Paul. You get a lot of emails, a lot of uh, fans yelling at you at games on on their honest opinions about Brett, and they haven't been good. Uh, what do you think the future holds for Brett? Should they call the season in terms of you know him as head coach? I, it's very up in the air to me. Uh, who, who knows? Because we have to call it like we see it. I mean, this team underachieved. They, they were the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. This is a team that he, he boldly and brashly claimed he wanted the number one seed. So for them to be in the sixth seed, granted, you know, the Eastern Conference was much better than we all thought it was going to be. And there were some mitigating factors. And I think roster, I, I, I will say that in my personal opinion, roster construction was a bigger issue than coaching this year. A lot of fans might not want to agree that agree with that or might not want to see that, but to me that's the reality is that the, the roster itself uh, is the bigger issue than the coaching. With that said, could this team benefit from a new voice? Possibly. I, I, I don't know the answer to that because I'm not in the in the locker room every night, and I, I don't know exactly what's going on going on behind the scenes. So, I, again, I, I, just as much as this season, I think Brett Brown's future is very much in the air. Uh, so, the playoffs were again. The playoffs seemed to be that was going to be the gate. You know, they were built for that. That was going to be where because you know if, if they didn't get past the second round, it seemed pretty cut and dry mm-hmm. that they were going to move on because they had not advanced farther than what they had in the past. If we don't get to that, it's almost like an incomplete mark on the season. So I'm not quite sure where that leads, Brett. Well, you're kind of leading me into my follow-up question. We have uncertainty with Brett Brown, and we can base our opinions on whatever. Well, we don't know officially just yet. A lot of these issues that uh, you know, some would point to roster construction, and of course, you're going to now point to the general manager and Elton Brand. When I I go back and forth on this all the time, Paul, because there's times where I'm like, well, Elton, when he got the job, he didn't quite have the resume, so it takes time, and he had people helping him to kind of you know learn the ropes. But in the same breath, I'm saying, boy, this team is now strapped financially. They're strapped contra- contractually to certain players, and he's the general manager who signed these guys. Do you think Elton's job could be in jeopardy? I don't think it is. Uh, I, I do think he deserves, like, he deserves a fair amount of scrutiny because 
this is the roster he constructed. To your point, John, yeah, his resume wasn't that great, but he, or not just didn't say that great, wasn't that vast as far as front office experience goes. But he was the one who went out and boldly traded two pretty good basketball players for a few months of Jimmy Butler, and then that didn't quite work out the way they wanted to. He's the one who traded for Tobias Harris and then chose to resign him. He's the one who signed Al Horford to four years at you know hundred around a hundred million dollars. So he made a lot of bold moves, and so far the, the returns aren't necessarily great, or maybe just not quite what he had expected. The biggest move to me that I think is going to be he's going to be tied to is that Al Horford move, mm-hmm. because you know. To me, when he made that, I was skeptical, not because of Al Horford, the basketball player, but because of Al Horford, the fit next to Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, for that matter. So I was definitely concerned uh, in that regard, and also his age, 33 years old. So do I think Elton's future like, – uh, this year, I think he's safe. I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where Josh Harris and the ownership group decides to move on from him. I don't see that. Uh, going forward, if the team underachieves again next year uh, – you know, then that's maybe when the seat gets a little warm. Uh, I have two more questions for you, Paul. They have nothing to do with basketball whatsoever, <laughs> and they're in two entirely different – they're completely off the wall. One you know is coming, the other you don't. Uh, the first has to do with a colleague of ours who also covers the 76ers, and his name's Kai Carlin. He does a great job, young guy. Uh, he's going to be coming on with us in about an hour where I'm going to publicly chastise him and, you know, threaten to put <laughs> to, so. to find a way to put him in jail. So I never thought, <laughs> I, I, you know, we live in the Internet age. We both grew up with Internet for a majority of our lives where we've had access to almost everything instantaneously. So we think we've seen it all, and it becomes, if you're level-headed enough, it's hard to get triggered by something. You, you, I've seen that before. You see people react, ah, so what, who cares? But something that he did yesterday triggered me. I didn't think it was possible to be upset watching somebody eating a candy bar the way that he did, <laughs> but he decided to take a Kit Kat bar, you know, which is the five individual bars, which are held together by chocolate, which you then break off and eat individually, and he decided to unwrap the entire thing and take a huge bite out of it, and I instantaneously became angry. Paul, your reaction to seeing the same thing? monstrous john he is a monster you don't what is that like yes i have the same exact reaction i actually use the gift from shrek with the gingerbread man you're a monster because that's what he is the only word we can use to describe it and listen i love Kai to death and we have had food and and candy talks and debates some of his takes are just really out there for me he tried to tell me that applebee's was elite comfort food which i had this like to me, Applebee's is like the Julia Okafor of comfort food. Like, what? Are, like, it was much better in college. No, but like, what are we? What are we doing here? That's just. I love kind of death. He's my guy, but man, some of the takes and then that. Yeah, to me, this is. He, he was trying to get a reaction, John. Who knew people like us, normal, normal human beings who he can't correctly would get upset over that? All right, final question I have for you, and. This comes with a bit of criticism uh, of you, your colleague Danny Palmels, and a couple <laughs> other people in particular. So one of the ways that I have found, um, uh, been able to find sanity in these times of, of quarantine is, you know, through television, through movies in particular, and a genre of movies which I find comforting. And you are, I would say, are an aficionado when it comes to comic books, in particular, uh, you know, comic book movies. And we talk all the time about, you know, the recent 
23 films put together by the Marvel Cinematic Universe have been spectacular. And each and every one has gotten better in their own way. Uh, and I'm open to talking about this all the time on WIP because I think it's a great way for people to, you know, to to branch out and watch something they wouldn't normally watch. And a couple of days ago, I put out on social media what people believe were their top Marvel movies of the of the last 25 years or so. And some people respond. Many people responded. Uh, some people who do not. And I directly tweeted them. Were you <laughs> and Danny Palmels? So I would like to put you on the spot right now. And oh, I, I, I don't need a top five from you, but uh, uh, Endgame and Infinity War aside, in the recent 23 films that are the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which one is your favorite? Man, you really are putting me on the spot. But I would, uh, I had to, it's actually an easy pick for me, oh. uh, Civil War. Huh. Civil War was so phenomenally done. The Russo brothers just knock it out of the park with every Marvel movie they've made. And just that movie, it was like, it was like a James Bond movie with superheroes. Like it was just, just the whole, the whole feel of it, the action of it. And I, to me, what I love in a good comic book movie is even when you have people with supernatural powers, just like the human element of it. Mm -hmm. And I think, cause even going back to the winter soldier, I thought those two movies just absolutely crushed it from the standpoint of like just adding this realism to it, even though it's, we're talking about, you know, uh, you know, sure. It's a it's it's a comic book movie. Sure, it's correct. based off of comics. Yeah, right. Exactly. But but I just I love when they can make it an element to make elements to make it real and make it feel like it's something that could happen in our world and make you feel like it's an experience, a human experience. So for me, that's why. Excuse me. I'd have to put Civil War right at the top and Winter Soldier probably not far behind it. Mm -hmm. Ragnarok's definitely in there somewhere because that was just brilliantly done. Um, but, yeah, and I would even put Black Panther pretty high up there, too. Okay. His name is Paul Hudrick, covers the 76ers for NBC Sports Philadelphia, also the co-host of the Sixers Talk podcast. Follow him for links to all his stories, latest Sixers news, the occasional snippet on uh, all things MCU, at Paul Hudrick on Twitter. Paul, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. Happy Easter, man. All right, same to you, Paul. See, and this is where I, I should have said it to Paul, but he's wrong. Ragnarok's the best of the MC, MCU movies, but that's fine. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.